Parshas Vayakel describes the collection of materials, of resources for the Mishkan. So the Jewish people were was very generous. They brought people brought all kind all the materials they needed. They brought lots and lots of stuff. There was so much stuff that Moshe eventually had to when he got reports that they had more, as much and more than they needed, he had to issue a an announcement that no more. And then the Torah summarizes, the Torah says, they had the, the malacha, the malacha of the hava, Rashi says, there are different, freshmen have different struggle to understand this pasuk, the two words malacha, but roughly speaking it means the stuff they brought, the, the material they brought to do the work, was dayam l'chal ha-malacha, it was sufficient for all the work they had to do in the construction of the Mishkan, and not only that, but v'hoser, it was more than enough. It was too much. So, the obvious question is, what do they do with it? Do they give it back? Do they, what, what do they do? They had so much stuff, it's a good problem to have when you're collecting for uh, charitable cause. You have too much, more than you need. So what do they do with it? What do they do with the leftover materials that they collected for the Mishkan? So the Mepharshim have a handful of suggestions. The, the question is already discussed in various Midrashim. And the Midrash, in Midrash Agadol, in the Sifri Zuta, various Midrashim, have a very, uh, very interesting idea. They say, based on Diukim and Sukim, they say that Moshe actually used the extra resources to build a second facility, a second Mishkan. The Midrash says, Moshe said to Akash Baruch Hu, Rabbanu Shalom, we, we've done everything you ordered us to do, and we have extra stuff. What should we do with it? Mishkan Go use the extra material to make a Mishkan Ladibros. Not exactly what clear what a Mishkan Ladibros is. Some say Dibros refer to the Luchos. The Panamiafas they bring say di- refers to the Luchos. There was Machlokas where the Luchos, the, 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 one Luchos, the main Luchos obviously went into the Arn Kodesh, which was in the main Mishkan in the Kodesh Kadashim. But the Shivrei Luchos is Machlokas in the Gemara where they went into the Aron or were placed elsewhere. <coughs> so the Panamiafas wants to say that it, it, it means that they built a separate facility to house, the, according to that opinion, to house the other Luchos. But there are other versions of the Midrash that, that, that say, that this Midrash finishes, it says, Halach v'asa mishkan ladibros, Moshe made such a Mishkan. And then in Parshish Pekudeh, when he began to give a Cheshbon, the, the beginning of Parshish Pekudeh is about Moshe giving an accounting of what he did, of, of the, all the contributions that came in, the, 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 the inflows and the outflows, what he did with them. So he said, Kach v'kach yatzel mishkan, this is, this is what I used on the main Mishkan, and with the extra, Sisi mishkan ha'edush and emar, Ela pekudeh mishkan, mishkan ha'edus. The, the Midrash has been the Pasuk. It says, it says, Mishkan twice. Pekudeh ha-mishkan, mishkan ha-edus. Kipshuto, that's just the Lashon Torah to do that. If we're going to discuss repetition, there's a lot of repetition in Parshas uh, Vayakal Pekudeh. Discussed this a number of years ago, what, what the whole idea of all this repetition is. But okay, but the Midrash says, no, Pekudeh ha-mishkan, that's the main mishkan, mishkan number one. And also, mishkan ha-edus, Moshe explained. I use, I use the, the surplus material for the mishkan ha-edus, for the mishkan ha-dibros, mishkan ha-edus. Again, not very clear what this is. But this is one version of the Midrash that says that, that he built a separate Mishkan called a Mishkan la, la, Mishkan la Dibros, or a Mishkan Ha'edus. That's, uh, apparently there was a lot of surplus. Either, either this new Mishkan was very small, or there was a vast amount of extra material if it was the same dimensions as the first one. Okay. The, another, another version of the Midrash says, again, Moshe asked, Akash Baruch Hu, Shalom, I did, as I was instructed, I did, Sinu Malachas Mishkan, we built the Mishkan as per your instructions, Manas Biyoser, what should we do with the leftover material? He told him, Lech vaseo so midrash la mishkan. According to this, this version of the midrash, make a midrash la mishkan. 
And then the Parsha of Kisisa, there's a somewhat, uh, somewhat obscure narrative there about Moshe taking the Ohel and moving it Michutz Lamachana. Which Ohel did he take? His own Ohel. The, 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 what Ohel did he move? According to the Midrash, this Ohel, this was the, the Midrash Lamishkan. This was the second facility that Moshe built with the leftover. The, the Machlok is there, whether that happened after the Mishkan or before the Mishkan. We, we're going here, apparently, that that story was after the Mishkan. Zeb Beis Midrash Shal Moshe. This Ohel was Beis Midrash Shal Moshe. This, this second Mishkan was a Midrash Shal Mishkan. It was some kind of study hall. It was some kind of Beis Midrash. And it was called Beis Midrash Shal Moshe. It was, it was a Beis Midrash that was somehow associated with Moshe. Another version of the Midrash, going back, late, going later in Chumash, in, in Chumash Bamidbar, it says, V'shamru es v'shmeres o'el mo'ed l'chal avodas ha'ohel. So again, it mentions two o'el mo'eds, o'el mo'ed and then l'chal avodas ha'ohel. Amar Rabbi Shimon ha'lamadnu shen shnei o'holos, o'el ha'avodos v'o'el ha'dibros. There were two Mishkans built. One was the standard o'el ha'avodos that we learned about in great detail in the last few parashiyas. The other was Oel Adibros. We don't know much about it. We don't know whether it uh, was a mirror image of the main Mishkan, whether it was totally different, whether it was smaller, the same size. But there was a second Mishkan. So we have this whole family of Midrashim. Rabbi Nachman Kasher in his Torah Shlema gathers all these Midrashim and puts them together. We, we have a group of Midrashim that say that there was a second Mishkan built, and the second Mishkan was what, the, was what they used. It was a study hall, perhaps, or, or something to do with the Luchas, but it was a uh, Luchas Artera, of course, so there was a second Mishkan built, and that's what they used, the surplus material, to build, to build the second Mishkan. The Ramban. From the first Sorry? How is it different from the first Midrash? It was Mishkan and No, I'm not saying it's different. I'm, I'm saying that there, there, there are just different, different languages. The, the Midrash appears in different languages. One place it calls it Mishkan Ha'edus, one place it calls it Mishkan Hadibros, one place it calls it based Midrash Shal Moshe. Yeah, the, all these Midrashim, Rav Kasher points out, refer to a second Mishkan, and it, it describes it in slightly different terms. doesn't tell us much about it, but uh, this is one group of Midrashim. Rishonim and Akronim give, give several other, uh, maybe less exotic suggestions for what they actually did with the surplus material that the Torah says they collected. The Ramban writes, the Ramban says that he doesn't know, he says in Pekudei, it doesn't tell us what they did with it, so we don't have an authoritative statement about what they did with the extra. Ula, he says, they kept it in the Ohel, L'chazik bo, Mishkan. Mishkan needed upkeep and maintenance, so they needed you know, new materials to patch, to replace the things that wore out or broke, so they kept the extra resources to use for ongoing maintenance. Or, he says, to make klisharis. He brings uh, in Shkalim, it says, that, 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 that when they had leftover money, they used it to make klisharis. So maybe they kept the leftover donations to make the... You know, so we know the Mishkan had certain major kalim, the, the Aron, the Shulchan, the Mizbachos, the Kiar, the Menorah, but there are also lots of other klisharis in, 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 in Mishnah Kodshim, in Mesechas in, um, in in Midas, I think. It says that there were, in Tamed or Midas, it says that there were 93 klisharis that they had. They had all kinds of kalim. They used bowls to makabal the dam of Karbanos, and knives, or kni- knife is a shiloh, whether it's a klisharis, I think, or not. But uh, you know, they had all kinds of kalim they used for, for, for the, for the Mizbachos, for, to do the avoda, to deal with the Mesa Mikdash. So they made klisharis, and they made... They made other minor vessels that aren't explicitly uh, li- listed in these parashiyas, but they used the extra material to make the, the, the supplementary kalim, the klisharis, that they needed for the mishkan. Svarno, Svarno says something interesting. Svarno says that, he says, having extra was useful, he says. Had they had exactly the right amount, he says, the workers would have had to be extremely particular, extremely careful not to, out of worry that they can't waste a single ounce of material because they have just enough. 
Right, presumably, they were dealing with Mom and Hectish and dealing with the Mishkan. They presumably they're being careful anyway. But the Svarno says it, it, was, it was easier. It enabled them to work with a little more peace of mind to know that they had a cushion, they had a buffer. They weren't dealing with exactly to the, to the penny, to the ounce, with exactly the right amount of material. Having extra was a, was, 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 was a, was a benefit for them. They wouldn't have to be so exacting about uh, how, to, how to do, again, the Pesukim praised Batal and Uri and, and their team for doing exactly as they were commanded, but still, it was, just, uh, it, was, it was just helpful for them to know that they had a surplus. He doesn't say what actually happened with the surplus. Did it all, did it, did it all wind up getting used up in, in that waste, or, or did they actually you know, have it left over if they did what, it, what it, he doesn't directly answer the question of what they did with it, but he says, he says that having extra, at least in the initial construction, was useful because it enabled them to build with a little less... Uh, enable them to build with a little less worry about being so exact and so precise in all their, uh, in all their work. The Archaim HaKadosh has uh, an interesting idea. He says that he first begins with, uh, with a question about the language of the Pesukim. He says the language of the Pesuk is, the Malacha Haisadayim, it was enough, um, the Hoser, and it was more than enough. So which one was it? Was it enough or was it more than enough? Kipshuta, we read Lozu Afsu. They reached a point where it was enough, and then they got even more. Then it was, and then it was more than they needed. It was when when you have a quantity, you say at first it met expectations, then it exceeded expectations, or in this case, need met the need and exceeded the need. Kipshuta, you learn it's Lozu Afsu. At first, they reached one milestone, and then they went past it. They blew past it. But Archaim is not happy with that. He says it's it's syntactically, it's stylistically not not uh, not correct to say to use the word Dayam and Hoser in the same sentence. Pick one, he says, and don't say both. And he says, Ula, he suggests that it was a nace. He says that quantitatively, the actual amount of material that was contributed to the Mishkan really was more than they needed. But if you were the person who made a donation and your donation wasn't used in the Mishkan, you would feel bad. I don't know if people had a way of tracking where their donations went, or, or everyone would just worry that my donations were the extra ones that just got... Right, everyone, everyone had a little, uh, like, like the, the stamps that you see on the jewelry, like this, everyone had his bullion was stamped with, uh, from the silversmith of so-and-so, serial numbers, right. So I don't know, but he says that, he says, that the, he says people would have been disappointed, people would have, uh, people would have, uh, would have been disappointed if that, that their material wasn't used for the Mishkan. So what happened? So Hashem made a nace, he says, he has a couple of ways of reading this into the Pesukim, Hashem made a nace, that everything that was contributed, even though it should have been more than needed, and therefore should, some should have been left over, Hashem made a nace. At one point he compares it to the... Um, he doesn't compare it to the Omer, but it sounds, a little, it, 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 it sounds like the Mun, that the... sounds like the Mun, that, the, like the mun, that, that whatever... That, that, that whatever they brought, whatever a person collected for them for the Mun, it was, it was exactly an Omer, they collected more or less... Uh, that everyone got exactly what they were supposed to get. He says something similar, that there was a nace of Hashem, that the, the Hashem made it all be used in the Mishkan exactly. Everything that was used fit into the Mishkan exactly, without there being too much, without being not enough, despite the fact that under the normal rules of, uh, under the, normal rules of, the, of the world, there would have been too much, because people were, were generous. At the end of the day, Hashem, and because of his love for Klai Yisrael, Hashem engineered a nace to work so it would work out so that everything they had would be used in the would be used in the Mishkan.
Right. The Svarna says it was good to have more because it allowed them uh, a cushion, and he says Hashem made, worked it out so that it was all uh, it was all exact. They, 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 they had zero margin. What? Wonder if they were worried that they were. Even if they, if they if they realized this nace was happening, that every single bit would be used for me at that point. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. All the extra stuff we had. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know what would have happened if the nace would have been adjusted if they would have wasted something or not. But I don't know like when the nace was kavea a fixed ratio of eighty percent usage or it was elastic based. Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> it is a kind of opposite perspective to the Svarno. The Malbim, the Malbim says that the the, 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 the Malbim says says like the, a little bit like the Ramban that that the that the extra was kept around as uh, you know, for spare parts for you know, for for maintenance. But but he also addresses the the, the Archaim's point that. that how can it be diam and hoster at the same time? So if we go like the Ramban, it was extras. So say extras. Why say diam? So he he addresses that. He says that that when uh, that when w- when you plan a project, he says. So w- when you spec what you're going to need for the project, so you see so you see, 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 see you spec out exactly what you need in terms of what you actually need for the construction, and then you add twenty percent, whatever it is. For the maintenance and for the for the ongoing spare parts, so he says that's what it means. Diam vahoser. It was more than they needed for the actual construction, but that was the right amount that they needed for the overall for the overall planning to have uh, to have uh, based on the the typical surplus that you want when to, you know, to to plan a project properly. It, it, it was diam for that by being hoser for what they actually needed for the construction. That made a diam in, in the overall from the overall perspective. That made a diam in what they would want for a. In, uh, in, 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 what, in what they would want for a project of this nature. Okay. He says the... He says the... Marbonell talks about this as well. He has, he has different, different interpretations of the... different, uh, d- different interpretations of, of how to read these psukim. So the, we, we've seen various pshatim in, in what they actually did with the surplus material that was donated to the Mishkan. This takes us to a general question in, in halacha, going back to Chazal, and a question that was a major, major topic of interest for, for the postkim, Rishonim and Achronim. What do you do when you have extra tzedakah? Again, it's a, it's a problem that we would uh, like to have. It's better than the alternative of not having enough money for a given cause. But what do you actually do when you collect tzedakah for a, for a specific cause, for a general cause? What do you do if you have more than you need? What happens to that money? So, for the in, in the remainder of our share tonight, we'll we'll discuss some of the some of the classic sources, some of the later sources on this topic in in, in the in, in the Masara Salah. So, the discussion begins with a Mishnah in Shkalim, Mishnah and Talmud Yushalmi, because Shkalim is about the, the Machzah Shekel that they used to give in the, in the time mm-hmm. of the Mikdash. We, we 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 still have it today. We have a Zechel Machzah Shekel and Purim. That's why we read Pasha Shkalim, because it was this time of the year that they uh, that they did the Shkalim. So the Shkalim we used you know, for the for the for the expenses of the Mishkan, for the Karbanos, for the Mikdash, for the ongoing you know, yearly expenses. But Mamela Masecha Shkalim talks about the dinim of the Shkalim. It also talks about it gets into general questions about Hilchot Tzedakah. So the Mishnah has an extended discussion about what do you do with surplus funds of various sorts for for, for the Shkalim for other things. So at one point, and then the Mishnah moves on to discussing Tzedakah in general. The Mishnah gives us a basic distinction between whether the money, money would, that was collected for specific individuals or for a specific cause. Was, so you're collecting money for tzedakah, was it for, for aniyim. Was it for a specific aniyim, like you have a campaign for a certain family or a certain group of families, or was it for the general purpose of aniyim? 
and a similar distinction in Pidyon Shvuyim, a similar distinction in uh, Kfuras Amei, so he used to collect money to, to bury people properly. And in all three of these cases, the Mishnah distinguishes between whether the money was collected for a specific individual, or specific individuals, or not. So the Mishnah says, Moser Aniyim Laniyim, if, if they collected money for the poor, and there's no immediate need, they, they satisfy the immediate need, so the money is kept in a, in a fund, kept for the same purpose of aniyim, whenever they, for other aniyim, whenever they need it. However, most are ani, but if, it was coll- if the money was collected for a certain ani, and his needs were met, then la'oso ani, then, the, then that ani gets it, even though his need was met with a portion of the money, since the money was collected for him, he's zochen it, it's his money, and he gets to keep it. Um, is it given to him immediately or over time? Um, it's a good question. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure of it. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Do we worry he's going to just blow it or waste it? Can we, can we hold on to it, put it in a trust kind of, and give it to him? Uh, right. Well, we deem it it's a good question. I, I'm not actually Sometimes sure. Sometimes people are named they, because they don't, because they don't, they don't budget properly. Right. Interesting point. Yeah. Um, maybe, I, I don't know if I have an exact answer to that. We might see a little discussion with it as we go, but I'm not sure. It's a good question. The Mishnah brings the same distinction about Pidyon Shvuyim. Moser Shvuyim L'Shvuyim. He collected money for Shvuyim in general, and then the immediate problems of the Shvuyim were solved. You use the money for additional Pidyon Shvuyim purposes. Moser Shavoy, but if the money was collected for a uh, specific Shavoy, campaigns for Pollard or whatever, for specific people, if the need is actually met, then La'oser Shavoy, then uh, the money goes to that captive, even though his need of re- redemption was met, but the money was collected for him, so he's Zelcha. Moser HaMesim, this last one is a little more complicated. Moser HaMesim, money was collected for the mace. You can't just give him the money, he's dead. So you, you, you provided for his funeral and everything, and now there's extra cash. So again, if it was for Mesim in general, for Hebra Kadisha purposes, then the money is used for that purpose. La Mesim, for other Mesim. Moser HaMesim, but if it was for a specific mace, then Tanakama says, Liyarsha. The same rule in the Reisha applies, that he's Zoche, he's not here, so you give it to his Yarsha. The Mishnah brings other opinions as well. Rameyer, Omer, Moser, Amesi, Munachat, Shavu, Elio. Rameyer is not sure what the din should be, so he says you hold on to it until Elio comes. Rami Nassim, Omer, this is, I guess, similar to what you were saying about not giving it to him right away, but, but, but the, the reason here may, may just be that he wasn't sure, because we're going to see there are other opinions in the Mishnah. Rami Nassim, Omer, Moser, Amesi, Bonlo, Nefesh, Al-Kivro. You paid for the funeral? Build a, fan, build a fancier tombstone. Build a mausoleum. Build, build, build a Nefesh, Al-Kivro. Build something, uh, build, build something nice. You, you, can always, you can always spend more money on the funeral. So, so, the, so there are different opinions. Tanakama says the Yarshim. Rabbi Nassim says, uh, Rabbi Nassim says uh, build, upgrade, the fu- upgrade the funeral, the tomb. And the mayor says he's, he's not sure. <coughs> Yushalmi talks about this further. Yushalmi has another couple of points about, uh, about this. It says another option besides nefesh is something called zilofagavimita, so you can use some kind of, uh, also uh, an, an, an upgrade to the funeral perfume. They used to pour things, sweet-smelling things over the beer, over the, over the, the bed where the mace is. Okay, so there's different ways you can upgrade the funeral if you have extra money. Then the, 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 then the Ushalmi brings two crucially important points. One of them is that the Ushalmi says, vein mamchin biad parnasin lakach. Even though the Mishnah and, and the Yushalmi develops it further, we have these rules about whether the Mesa is Zocha, the Mesa is not Zocha, but even with the Mesa is Zocha or the Ani Zocha, ain't Mamchen biad Parnasin Lekach, the Gabayim, the Parnasin are the officials, the Gabayim, the ones in charge, they have the right, they have some latitude to make changes. We'll discuss a little bit later what that means exactly, but this is a, a very important point which Post can make a big deal out of. 
that the Parnasim, the, the officials in charge, have a certain amount of discretion. We'll discuss a little bit later in what context this is, but they have a certain discretion to repurpose the money as they see fit. Roshim Gamliel says, and this is a famous, widely quoted statement, sometimes in context, sometimes out of context, I think, but the Roshim Gamliel says, Ein osin tzaddikim. In general, we don't make uh, mausoleums for tzaddikim, for the righteous. Divrehen, divrehen, hein, hein, zichronam, that, that, that they're remembered by, by what they taught, by their words. We, 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 we don't need to build the fancy monuments to them. They're remembered by their Torah. This is, uh, people sometimes point out that Judaism doesn't really believe in, in fancy mausoleums and fancy uh, graves. Other religions, other cultures do. We generally build relatively simple, simple tombstones. So the, that's the Jewish way to do things. And uh, some have applied this, I think, in the context of biographies, that the, you don't need, we don't need to focus on the history and the biographies of, of Rashi and Rick Vager. You, you learn their Torah, you learn Rashi, you learn Rick Vager, that that's the way you know and understand who Rick Vager was, you know, learning about uh, how old he was and what city he went to and, uh, and so on. So, you know, but again, you know, it, it's not that simple, obviously. But anyway, this is a famous statement, There's a... Uh, the Rav Asher Weiss has a tshuva on has a tshuva on chukos hagayim, the 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 prohibition against copying the chukos hagayim. So he 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 he's he's critical he's critical of various uh, he, he's he's he, he's he's critical of various practices minhagim that 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 uh, that, co- that that come from the gayim. He says that you know he goes through a whole discussion of what actually is included in chukos hagayim, what's not, you know. We're allowed to wear, you know, we're 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 allowed to wear pants and uh, and clothes like the guyim do. You know, we're, we're not mechayiv to, you know, some some chassidim, I guess, dafku dafku wear uh, different kinds of clothes. But in general, the fact that we dress in Western styles and we eat Western food, you know, there are stories about when they first, you know, Jews first began to eat pizza or sushi. There are stories of various gedolim uh, being unsure about chukas guyim. But in general, the the way we live our lives is that we do participate to a certain certainly in the practical side of. Uh, and even in the stylistic side of culture. So there's a lot of discussion about what exactly is included, what's not included. Rav Asher Weiss has a tshuva where he talks about, he's upset in particular about funerary customs, laying of wreaths, he's opposed, that uh, should be avoided. And similarly, he says, uh, the erecting monuments and stuff. He's not even talking about mausoleums on individual graves. He's talking about monuments to fallen soldiers and so on. He says, not a Jewish custom, he says. Uh, we, we don't do this, he says. It's different uh, it's, uh, to made one, he says, but you know, Shalom wasn't such a great tzaddik. You know, who said that he did it right over there, he says. Anyway, but you know, this is the kind of thing people bring, that, that in general, we, we, certainly when it comes to tzaddikim and gedolei Torah, we say, Einosin nefashros l'tzaddikim, we say that Devreim heinein zechronim. Okay, that's it. That's just you, Shalom. We make headstones for them, though, don't we? I know there's some people in Kelmay didn't do that, but... Me, me, mean the thing that says uh, so-and-so is nifter, or father? Yeah, you, yeah so it's so, all right. So, in other words, right. So... Good spots. You see, I mean, they're all throughout there. Totally, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Josh is pointing out that, the, that we don't... Um, that we don't uh, we don't do nothing. We, we, generally, we do the basic virus and the basic virus and Svats, the, one, the ones in Europe and Krakow. Jews did build uh, headstones. They weren't you know magnificent and opulent ones, but they did have you know, a few dozen or a couple hundred hundred words or so discussing the, the praising the, the Niftar for his Sidkus and for his Erlichkeit and for his Torah and stuff. You know, the, yeah, so we, we we do do something, but but apparently there's a gvul. Apparently the apparently there's a gvul that, that we don't. Uh, 
Uh, th- this is, I guess, a digression, but a lot of the customs that we do today, it's, it's very hard to know. A lot of our funeral customs, how many of these are, are really Dina de Gemara, how many of them were picked up later over the years. So everyone knows, for example, one of that, that we, we use very simple takrichim. We use just simple white, cheap linen things. But that actually was not always the custom. The Gemara tells us that they used to be, they used to be, they used to have fancy takrichim, and uh, they used to used to be a tremendous uh, distressing competition. Everyone used to try to buy even fancier takrichim until people were just abandoning their mason because they they couldn't afford the takrichim. So Rambam I think it was Rambam Leal, or one of the members of the house of the Nasi, uh, he ordered that he should be even, even though he was rich and he certainly could have uh, his station and his money he certainly could have had fancy takrichim. He gave an order that you know it's like the takana weddings. He gave an order. I'm using simple takrichim so everyone can see this is enough. So <coughs> today, today we talk about the philosophical significance of having simple takrichim, but it wasn't always like that. It used to be that they had fancy takrichim. And they, uh, the other example I always like to quote was that, I always like to quote is that, I always like to hold up is that, so we know some cultures, maybe Russians or Irish, they drink at wakes. Uh, having, having a lot of alcohol is part of the, uh, we Jews, we, we think that's, you know, like for, for us that's such an alien idea that to, to, to go get drunk at a, at a, at a party, we, we have very serious, we have Aspedim and our shivas are, are kind of sober and, and, and uh, but, but again, in the time of the Gemara, it says, the Pasuk says, that the, the reason wine was created, one reason is to, is to numb the pain and to help people drown their sorrows in a bottle. And it says they used to give the Avelim wine, they used to give them four kosos, then they went up to ten kosos, that they saw was too much because it led to undesirable cuts, they, they went back to four. But again, some level of drink, at least for the Avelim, maybe not for all the, well, his uh, Menachem, but at least for the Avelim, some level of drink was appropriate. Today, it's not something we do today. Today, and I, I, I know, was Aserben, Yeah, so, the, so again, a lot of the Menachem have have, uh, have changed uh, for, for one reason or another over the years. I'll call upon him, the Yushalmi says that, the, the Yushalmi tells us that we don't build, that, that the Yushalmi says that, that we don't build nefashos for tzaddikim because devreyem heinein zechron. We pass in, in terms of the psak in this mission, we pass in like the first shita, that most are is liyarshav, rambam, the shulchan aruch, the rambam, the shulchan aruch, bring all these dinim, that an ani that we collected to salve, to, 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 you know, to fund his needs, so if it was connected, if it was collected for a specific ani, hare moser shalo, moser aniim for aniim in general, then it goes to aniim in general. Moser mesim la mesim, moser mesim la yarshav. We pass like the Tanakhama, the Mishnah, that the that it, it's uh, you don't make a fancier funeral, maybe because like we said, you know, the fancier funerals in, in general is not uh, is not according to the spirit of the of the Torah, but whatever the reason is, we, we, we just give it to the yarshim. The mace doesn't need it once he's had his basic funeral as as, as a proper funeral. The rest goes to the Yarshim. Now, in the time of the Rishonim, there was a major machlokas between the Rosh and the Rashba, and between the Rav Yah and someone called Rechaim Kohen Tzedek. There was a major machlokas about cases where... The mission is talking about cases where you collected for a certain need, and you funded that need. The money was used to... to, to uh, the money was used to take care of that need, and you had extra money. What do you do with it? The Rishonim argued in, in cases where the money was not used for that need because the person already died before the money could be used on his behalf. Either Pity and Shvuyim when the person died before he could be redeemed, he died in captivity, or cases of Achnas Kala, money was collected for Achnas Kala, and the Kala died before the money could be used. Then what happens? Do we apply the same din as the Mishnah? We just give all, give all the money to the, that you collected to the Yarshim of the Kala, to the Yarshim of the prisoner? Or in this case, do we say that the money goes back to the, to the donors? And the, and the Suarez, we'll see, the Suarez is going to be that the, in this case, the donors, you know, they were interested in funding a specific mitzvah. If that mitzvah is not happening, they want their money back. We'll, we'll, we'll see the Suarez in more detail. 
This was Machlokes in the Ravya. In the case of the, the Ravya brings Shamati Masa. I heard of, uh, of, 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 a, of a story, he says, an episode. Someone was Nodar Mos, Lahasi Yisoma Achas. He donated money, he pledged money, he made an edder to give money to marry, to provide for uh, a certain orphan girl. In the meantime, he, you know, he, he, he put the money in a, in a fund and, 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 and generated profit. Before the money could be used, the girl, I guess, hadn't gotten married yet, before, before the money could be used, Niftar HaYisoma. This, is, I guess, you know, speaks to what you were saying before. The question is, is, you can't always give the money right away. Sometimes it might not be appropriate for budgeting. Some, in this case, it's, it's simple. She wasn't, she wasn't ready to get married yet. She didn't find her husband, whatever it was. I don't know how old she was, but uh, she could have been underage. She could have been mm-hmm. marriageable age, but didn't find an appropriate husband yet. But whatever it was, the Yisoma died before she, before she got married, unfortunately. So her Yarshim said, uh, you, the money's hers. If she'd be alive, you couldn't repurpose the money. We mentioned again that you were telling me about the Parnasim have, in certain cases, can be Mashana, but in general, that Oni was Ocha. So now she unfortunately passed away. We're the Yarshim. We want it. We want the money. So Rav Chaim Cohen Tzedek said that nope, that the money, they, they do not get the money because there's an umdana, there, there's, there, there's an implicit umdana, even if they didn't stipulate this explicitly in any kind of contract, but there's, there's an understanding, an implicit understanding that when you donate money for a cause, it's supposed to go to that cause. If that cause never came to fruition because she died, then the money reverts to, the money does not go to the Yarshim, it reverts to the, it reverts to the, the donors. The Rav Yad disagrees. The Rav Yad says, since the, that, that when, when it comes to an Ani, it goes to his Yarshim. And, uh, he brings another Yushalmi that if, if, he, if he donates to a specific Ani and, uh, and his Yarshim get it if, he, if, he, if he's dead. Most are amazed Yarshim, Armit, uh, the, 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 the mission that we saw. He brings it from Abraisa. You see, even if the person didn't receive it yet, if it was collected for him, he's Zocha, and it goes to the, to the Yarshim. This, this Machlokas is fleshed out in more detail by the Rashba and the Rush. They also argued about this. The Rashba talks about a case where money was collected for Pidyon Shvuyim, for a specific Shava, for an Ani Yadua, for a Shava Yadua. And after the money was collected, the, the Shava died in captivity. He was never redeemed, and he passed away. So now there's no more Pidyon Shvuyim. There are cases, of course, where they paid money to ransom the remains, to bury them, the story of the Maram of Rattenberg. But it sounds like that, that wasn't an issue. Either, either the remains were given back free, or, uh, or the remains were just, you know, out of our control, they got rid of them, whatever, whatever the case was, he doesn't bring up that issue about redeeming the remains, but he says what should you do with the money? Does it go to the Yarshim, or does it revert to the donors? Says the Rashba, Dover Baruch Yarshim. It's the same thing as the mission he says, that most, any money collected for a specific honey, for a specific shovel, goes to him. If you don't need it, it goes to the Yarshim, in the case of the mace. It's exactly the same thing as the mission. What's the difference in the case where you actually used it for him and you had left over, and, and, and then it goes to the Yarshim? In the case where you didn't use it and you had left over, all of it was left over. It's exactly the same thing the Rashba says. What he, say, he says, Mali Mali What's the difference if he was nifte, it was actually used for the purpose, and then the rest of it was left over? Or, he was, or it was not used, because he died. It's exactly the same thing. In both cases, the money was collected for him. In both cases, money was left over. It's exactly the same case. The Rashba feels conceptually the cases are equivalent. And the, therefore, he says, it's Pashut, Dvarim Pshutim Heim Be'enai, Yarshim, Tamani, he says, I think this is so obvious. I don't see any room for disagreement, the Rashba says. It's clear that just like if you, if you use the money for its intended purpose and there was leftover money, that would go to the Yarshim, that, that the person or the Yarshim get it. Exactly the same din applies in this case as well, in the case where he died and the money wasn't needed. 
there also the money goes to the Yarshim. But although the Rashba can't fathom, anybody would disagree, the Rashba's great contemporary, the other Gadladar in, in Spain at that time, I'm not sure if the Rush was in Spain or Germany at that time, he eventually went to Spain, disagreed. The Rush was asked initially about a different question. The Rush was asked about a case of money collected for Pidyon Shvuyim, and the woman, the, the Shvuya, she had shmatted. She had, uh, she had, you know, she was nishpeh Spain Yishma'elim, among Muslims or Arabs, and she had converted to Islam by the time they can get around to redeeming her. She had converted to Islam, she had married a Muslim, she had had children, two children. She's, so she was not coming back, at least at this point, was not ready to come back to the Jewish community. So the Rush assumes that we're not going to give her the money while, she, while she's living as a Muslim. That, that, uh, that certainly the, the Rush felt that was not what we were going to do. We're either going to hold on to the money or and, and trust for her in case she, in case she, in case she decides that she wants to be Jewish again, or we're going to give it back to the Yarshim. But the, the, Rush, the Rush takes for granted that we aren't going to give it to her, that we, are, that we aren't going to give it to her, um, if she's acting as a Muslim. So the woman's mother, who had been involved in, in, in collecting the money and trying to arrange for her daughter's release, the woman's mother said she, was, she, she should get the money uh, because she is, she, is, she is her next of kin, I guess, her next Jewish next of kin, the ones who were, I mean, technically her sons were Jewish as well, if, if she's Jewish, but the ones who were, who was, who were living a life of a Jew. Um, and the community said, no, we're going to take the money and use it for other pity and shvuyim. We're just going to hold on to the money and, and use it for... Uh, Pity and Shulim in general. So that's what they asked the Rush, who's right? So, 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 so the, Rush, the Rush's correspondent wrote a whole analysis of the case. He says, he says that the, he, he felt that the, that the call should not get the money, that the money should be, should be held on to by the mother, then in case her daughter ever does tshuva, or uh, that, that, uh, that, that the either either if she ever does tshuva, we can we can go back to the program of redeeming her, or if she gets out and becomes Jewish, we can just give her the cash. She says, but basically, or maybe her children might become Jewish at some point, and children are Yari, She says, the the children are like like Kino Shanishba, It's not their fault that they're being raised at this point as uh, as Jews. So the so basically the the, the Rosh's correspondent held similarly to the Rashba that the money is hers. The money, maybe not not actually going to give it to her while she's a Muslim. It's, while she's a Muslim, it's like she's dead. It's like the, the money is basically hers but we can't actually give it to her. That, that doesn't make any sense. So it goes to relatives. It goes in trust for her if she ever, if she ever comes back to life, so to speak. It goes, uh, basically, the, the, the Rosh's correspondent was pretty much in line with the Rashba and the Ravya that, the, that, the, that since the money was collected for her, for this poor woman, even though now she's not a suitable recipient for it, the money still is, is, locked, in, is locked to her and, and, and stays with her or her uh, family and Yarshim and so on. This is what the Rosh's correspondent wrote to him. Considered himself a Talmud, Kachdas Talmid Chanote, and please, uh, please, he asked the Rush, please tell me your opinion, please tell me the, teach me the halacha about this case. The Rush did not agree. The Rush said, "I don't agree with your this, this analysis." He says, "He says because again, like the chilek we said before, the chilek that we saw in the, the chilek that we mentioned from Rav Chaim Cohen Tzedek in the Rav Yah, this whole din that Moser, the extra money goes to the to the person himself or to his yarshim." That's only when it was Nasus mitzvah, when the mitzvah was actually done. And they have extra, so the extra, okay, the, the donor says there's extra, she can, he, he can have that too. But this case, he says, where, where the money wasn't used for at all, she doesn't get it, he says. There's an umdana, an implicit umdana that they never gave it, certainly not for her to use when she was a guy, and not even for their families. He brings other examples 
where Chazal established halachas based on umzinus in general, even if a person made a, executed a certain transaction, and we say he never would have done it knowing X, if Y was the case, if X was the case, the transaction can be rolled back because it's an umdana, he never would have meant it in these cases. And then the rush goes on and, t- and talks about the case of Mace as well. He says, he says, uh, first he says, he says, let's consider a, a variant of his case. Most are a Mace, Liarshav. Money collected for a Mace, left over, it goes to the Yarshim. So what happens, let's say the mace got better. Instead, let, 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 not, not, not the mace got better, but let, let's say you collected for a chola who was, uh, who was, in, it was expected to die. I'm not sure if we do this today because of Ayan Hara or whatever, stop planning the funeral while he's still alive. Certainly you shouldn't plan a funeral while he's around. That, that, that will certainly uh, demoralize him. There, there are, there are locks about this, about, 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 about the whole discussion in the post in Shulchan Arach, we've shown him about Vidoy, about uh, we, we, tell, we tell someone he should be misvadah, there's a whole discussion that but you're going to demoralize him. So he certainly shouldn't, 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 preempt, shouldn't preempt and do the vidu too early. You know, if he's not in danger of imminent death, he certainly shouldn't do vidu. And even when, he, even when you tell him to do vidu when he's dying, still the Ramban explains, I think, that you tell him that, that you're not actually, that you, we're not writing you off. Many people said vidu and they recovered. It's just, just in case. It's not a, it, uh, don't worry about it. You should, you should still, have, you should still, have, you should still trust, trust in Hashem, Hashem. Hashem can still help you. So we're very careful. We don't want to demoralize people. So, Certainly, I don't think you should plan the funeral while he's uh, in front of him. But even, I'm not sure if we plan funerals even when the person's not around, we stop planning the funeral. We do make pre-need arrangements. People do, uh, in general, they can make arrangements while they're still alive. Okay, anyway. But the, the rush said, let's say you collected money for someone who was a gosis, and you expected him to die, so you started collecting money for his aron and takrichim and kfura, and he got better, he says. You have a havmin, he says, that he, that you have a havmin that he's going to... If how many that he's going to get the money? Of course not. The rush thinks that's Pasha, he's not going to get the money. If, if the whole need never can, turned out not, not to be a need at all, then, no, then the money goes back to the donors, he says. Lomrel and most are a mace. Left over, that, that goes to the mace's Yarshim. Similarly, he says, Kilo mace niftis. Mali mace and mali nischalfa. His case is, is, is she but let's talk about if she died. So, of course, he says, uh, it's the same thing. Of course, she doesn't get the money if she died. So the Rashbeth held, of course, she does, and the rush says, of course, she doesn't. To the, the, the rush fell to his pasha the other way. There's an umdana, the donors, when they gave the money, they, 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 they only gave it for, the, for, for this need. And if there was most, or if there's extra, they, they, they were willing to let the person keep the extra. But, but, but if there was no, if, if the need never, if the money was not used for the initial need at all, then, then he's not zelcheh, the intended recipient is not zelcheh, is Yarshim not zelcheh, what do you do with the money? So the rush says, if you can return it to the donors, that's nachon v'yasher. Because again, that's the sar. The sar they only gave it al daskain, and it turns out that there was no uh, that there was no al daskain. So the money should go back to them. He says, Aval, he says in his case, Elizei Efsher. He says, I don't know, I don't know what the issues were, but he says it'll cost more. Using, it's, it's, it's expensive to track down and, and send the money back. There are money transfer fees, or however they used to move money around. Whatever it was, he says the the cost of, of returning this money would have uh, would have been more than all the money they actually had. It would not have been cost-effective at all to try to return the money. Therefore, he says, the next best thing you can do is make tzarchei rabim, use them for public, uh, public needs, he said. That's what you do in Zayl also. A person stole and, doesn't, and, and is unable to track down his, uh, he, 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 he stole from too many people, he can't find the person he stole from. So in that case, the next best thing you do is, is you do tzarchei rabim. You, uh, 
you, you use them for public uh, public needs. Again, that's not that's not an etzev if you actually do know who you stole from. That, that that's not a, a, a it's not a substitute. But if you don't know, if you can't, then the next best thing is to do tzarkei rabim because hopefully somewhere the person who you're, you're the person you owe the money to will eventually at least get some on uh, from the public works. He says, let's say like you collect from a lot of different people, and you didn't, I mean sometimes like I've been always tracking down every single penny how it got collected. So it would be the same idea, I guess. In that right. Case. So I, I would assume it would be the same thing if, if they can't return it either because it's too expensive or because they just don't have the records. Or they, they they don't have they, they don't have ways of uh, you know, they don't have ways of question. I guess would be how much church they have to go to. I mean, if they spend you know, hours and hours and hours, uh, maybe they could figure it out to have how much of the have to do to do that. Yeah. So I don't know. That, that, but I, certainly if they can't, I assume it's the same thing. If they got anonymous donations or cash donations. They don't have records, and they and they can't uh, right. So so they can't. Um, so then you start rabim. Ideally, the rush says what you should do is use your pidyon shvuyim, which is what the call said. You leave the money with us for pidyon shvuyim. We'll use it for other pidyon shvuyim. And in particular, he says if, if we uh, if we can if we can if we can keep the principle preserved and use let's say the, the the dividends or the profits from the money, invest the money, and use the profits for other pidyon shvuyim cases, and have the, the preservation of the capital. That if we ever, if we ever have the opportunity to redeem her, and she wants to be Jewish again, and we have a chance to redeem her, the the capital will be preserved for that. Okay, and then the rush mentions this Yushami that we mentioned, that you also have this thing about you know and Biyadaparnasin that uh, that he he doesn't really give the parameters of this, but he says that there is this rule also that the Gabbai have a certain latitude if they if they see that in context that there's a, that in the, a specific situation there's a need to be mishad of the money. Again, this is a very powerful principle. The Rush doesn't really give us guidelines how we use it and when we use it. But basically, this is a major machlokus between the, the Rush and the Rashba, between the Rav Yon, Rav Chaim, Kohen, Tzedek. The halacha follows the Rush. The Shulchan Aruch says, first of all, the halacha follows, we said the Tanakhama and the Mishnah, the Moser, Mesli, Yarshav. Shulchan Aruch also brings that line of the Yushalmi that we just mentioned again. They have the right to Mishana. It doesn't give you much guidance about the parameters of that, but they do have the right to Mishana. And then he brings the Machlokas, Rashba and Rush, the, the Rav Yon, Rechaim Kohen, Tzedek. He says, Yesh Misha Omer, that if a person died, that it goes to the Yarshim, that's the Rashba. The Yesh Misha Omer, Ben Yarshim. It does not go to the Yarshim, meaning and it either reverts to the donors or you use it for Tzorchei Rabim, but it doesn't go to, it doesn't go to the, it doesn't go to the Mace or his Yarshim. The Shulchan Aruch is Nachriya like the latter sheet, or like the Rush, at least Bismanazeh. He says, Lozehadas nota Bismanazeh. This is what I would be inclined to say, Bismanazeh. Because, again, at least Bismanazeh, there's an umdana that people are not so generous if the money's not being used for its intended purpose, they want it back. Kuad the Nitma, Fifshi Shmads, and then the money reverts to the donors. I mean, if it's not absolutely a halacha psuka, would Tfisa work in this case? Like it's a good question. Like right, I, I don't know. I, 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 we have to investigate this a further. How, how strong is the sakra? Lozadas nota. There's a whole literature on the Sardic poskin about whether you could say kimli against the shulchan aruch. That's where the shulchan aruch has a clear hakra. Whether it's machlok tfisa but the shulchan aruch is machria. How strongly would, would they makabel the shulchan aruch? Does that uh, eliminate the chance to say kimli the muksuk like the other sheet? Does that a big a big machlok? Different different Sephardic communities had different attitudes about that. But for out here, where the shulchan aruch doesn't say v'chein ikur, he just says v'chein lozeh hadas note bezmanazet. It's kind of a more tentative thing. It's a good question. Could if they were toughest? People have different mindsets nowadays. So then I'd rather that be. Yeah, that's another good point. Uh, if, if, if the, the Shulchan Aruch indicates that the mindset is not set in stone, that, that people's minds change, that, that, that people's attitudes evolve and change. So we, apparently in the time of the Shulchan Aruch, he says in his time they were less generous. It's possible that people, uh, 
you know, in a cultural philanthropy, might become more generous at some point. Yes, that would also be something. This is a question in in halacha in general. Very often the Gemara tells us, or the Rishonim tell us, rules about assumptions of people's deaths. And the question always is, are they they fixed, immutable rules, or or can we reassess based on the based on our experience. So there, there's a famous comment of Salvechik, a widely quoted comment, which I've always had trouble with. The, you know, the feminists were trying to argue different questions about Afghaz Kedushin, or different questions of Gitin and Afghaz Kedushin. So Chazal based certain halachas on the principle that Tavl of Tandu, of Armalu, that there was a strong presumption a woman is so desperate to be married that she would rather any husband, even an inferior husband, even a problematic husband, than to have no husband at all, so you can't just say, you know, a woman wouldn't want to be married in this case. It doesn't work like that. There's a very strong presumption a woman is so happy to be married, uh, even if her husband is not very appealing, that it's still better to be, uh, to have, to be a couple than to, be a, than to have someone, any husband, than to have no husband. And there are major halachs and gitin in, in the laws of Kedushin that, that are based on this. So various feminists or feminist allies began to argue that today women have, are more independent financially, culturally women have more... Uh, our, 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 uh, Gloria Steinem said uh, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. You know, today women are, are culturally trained to, to, to not think they need, they, need, they need a man quite so much anymore. So maybe this halacha should, this halacha should change, they said. Rav Salvechik uh, famously uh, magnificently dismissed this and said in, in his inimitable style, Chazal told us facts about the human psyche. They weren't just making psychological assessments. They were teaching us ontological facts, deep-seated truths about the nature of the human condition, and they will not change, and they cannot change. But the problem is, again, Chazal's omdenas do change. There are other cases in Chazal. Chazal said things about Chazaka, a person would do this, or would say that, or would want this, and they don't, they don't, we don't assume they're like that today. They, things do change. They think, think, things change. Uh, first of all, people change, cultures change, and second, the economic realities that, that sometimes inform those, uh, those assumptions change. So there is no general rule that no, no hanacha of the no hanacha of the of, of Chazal could ever change. So how Rav Salvechik knew that this one in particular could never change? Someone told me recently that they heard a share. They heard from um, from Rav Aaron Lopiansky, I think a version of this story that it was based on a, a drush of a pasuk, and that's why he felt perhaps I, I don't remember the exact details. Maybe that's why he couldn't change. But in any event, yes, it's certainly any time where that, that where the post can say bizman azeh or. They 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 hitch halacha very you know, tightly, explicitly to a specific culture. It, 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 it's certainly tempting to suggest that, that that things could change and things might change. So yesh lion whether uh, whether 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 whether, whether assumptions like this could could change or not. Okay, but the chasam sofer is an interesting tshuva. Uh, getting late, so just finish a couple of things. Chasam sofer is an interesting tshuva. He talks, he says again, the Ikr Lalach, he says, we pass like the Shulchanarach and the Ramah, that the, we pass like the Rush, that if the money wasn't used for its intended purpose, it reverts to the Yarshim. He talks about a case where they had a collection, uh, had a campaign for... To the Yarshim or to the donors? The donors, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, to the donors. The conservator talks about a case where they had a campaign to collect money for three Somos Katanas, sisters, it sounds like. They collected with three girls who needed uh, money to get married, and they collected for all three of them, and one of them passed away. And, there were, and in, uh, instead, though, there was another girl from another family, apparently, who also needed Dachmas's uh, Kala money to get married. So the question is, what should they do with the money? 
Should they give it to the two living sisters, who they had it even with their two-thirds of the campaign money, they did have enough to get married, apparently, they had enough that the campaign was successful, raise enough to, to, to have at least basic weddings for all three of them, but should we give the extra money to them, because, they're the, because the, the money belongs to the third girl they collected for, and she's dead, so it goes to her Yarshim, which were her sisters, or do you say, no, that we'll, we'll use it for Hanas Kala, and we'll give it to the, the other girl who has nothing, uh, she, need, she needs it more, give it to her. So he brings this also, he brings this whole machlokis, Rashba and the Rosh, and he's Mazber. And then he says, In our case, he says, of the three girls, that one of them passed away. So he says, So he says, had the money actually been used to marry off two of the girls? Let's say, that, let's say they collected, uh, collected $1,000, 333 for each girl, and one or two of the girls were, uh, at least one of the girls was already married. They gave her her third, for her dowry, for her, her trousseau, and she was successfully married, and then one of them died. In this case, he says, it would be a very good shiloh, because, again, we pass him like the rush, that if the money wasn't used for its purpose, it reverts to the yarshim. It reverts to the donors. But um, here, some of the money was used. One-third of it was used, or two-thirds was used. Well, at least one-third was used for its purpose. So do you, do you look at the collection money as a whole and say, of this $1,000, a chunk of it was used for its intended purpose, so the rest is all treated like Moser, so whatever is not needed, the third that's not needed because someone died goes to the Yarshim. Or do you say, he says, no, that he says, that's not called some of the money was used. We look at the campaign money as three separate tranches of money, three separate buckets. And this bucket was used, but this bucket was not used. So this bucket is considered, in the, according to the rush, has to revert to the donors. So the Chetam Sefer is not sure about this, he says. He says... He says, you could say another svar, that even if we're going to argue that maybe here we, 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 we could incline to the view that it would go to the, to, to, to the Yarshim, to the, to the live sisters. Because we can argue that even according to the shittas that say that we assume that the donors don't want the money to just go to Yarshim who have no connection to the mitzvah, but here he says the Yarshim are poor girls. I mean, they had enough money to get married, but, 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 but the Yarshim, he says, the Yarshim, he says, are also Yisomaniya. They... they uh, Certainly, certainly, the girl who's still alive, the, the 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 girl who's alive and not married yet, he says, he says one of her yarshim at least is a yisoma Nia who needs to get married. So she has enough money, but she can always use more money, and more money will help the mitzvah do it in a. So here he says it could be everyone would agree that that it goes to the yarshim because the yarshim still are are, are still in this parsha, still in this parsha of using the money for the for the mitzvah. Okay, so here we can debate. He says we can debate whether we look at it like one bucket of money or three buckets. Whether here everyone would agree maybe that the that the yarshim get it. That's all he says, assuming that at least one of them got married. If at least one of them got married, then there is room to say that we can look at the rest of the money like Moser, according to the rush. And uh, maybe we can look at it like Moser because of these svaris, and we can say that, that the money goes to the Yarshim. However, he says in his case, the case he was actually asked about, he says that the, one, the, one of the three girls unfortunately passed away before any of them got married, he says. He says, so here he says that, 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 that this is not Moser, he says, because here nobody was Zelcha. If the other girls would get rich and not need the money to get married, then, they, then, then again, this is all Moser, he says. None of the money, none of the money was used yet. None of the money was used yet for, for its intended purpose, and the way he's mad with Machlokas, he, he has a, a, a deeper and more sophisticated Hezbollah Machlokas, Rashba and the Rush. But again, he comes down in this case, in this case he says that the, the money would revert to the Yarshim, he says that, uh, the money would revert to the donors, I keep saying the money would revert to the donors, he says, and if they made an editor to get money to stock, they'll find other, they'll find other recipients, they'll find the other Ania, he says, and you're the Gizbar, you can decide. That's a custom server's approach. The acre is like the Rush, the Iker is that it depends on whether the money was used for, at least partly for its intended purpose, which makes the rest Moser, in which case it goes to the, 
to the Yarshim of the recipient, although in his case is a question because there are three girls, is it called Moser or not? But in a case where it's not Moser, in a case where none of the money was used, that we, we pass in like the rush, that the money reverts to the, reverts to the, reverts to the donors, and if the donors pledged it for some kind of tzedakah, they, they, want, they wanted to use a monofshah for tzedakah, you can find a new recipient, but there's, but there's no particular claim, no particular claim to the, uh, no particular claim of the Yarshim to that money. As I mentioned, the one thing we haven't really discussed in detail is this very, very brief but powerful principle that aside from all these rules of most are aniim laniim, most are ani laoso ani, besides all those rules, there is a, there is a principle that the gabayim have the right to, uh, to redirect the money if, if they see fit. If, if the gabayim fail based on their, their, their assessment of the situation that the money could be used, better used somewhere else, the gizbarim, the parnasim, they have the right to shift the money somewhere else. This is the subject, this is obviously a, a major doctrine with major ramifications. I, I, I did not have a chance to get into this fully, to, to get into this in any detail really, and to see how, uh, and to see how it's applied, but Dachiezer has a major tshuva on this topic. The tshuva was written in the year Tufrei Shamach so the Kislev of Tufrei Shamach Gimel, so that's probably uh, 1902, I guess, in Vilna. He says, Kislev of Tufrei Shamach Gimel, yeah, he says that there was money, there was a major collection there, were, there, was, there was some kind of fire, and there was a, there was a major collection taken up to, to support those who had, been, who had suffered from this fire. There were, there were signs put up on the coastal based Midrash that uh, it, was, it was for certain, it was for, they named a couple of cities and other cities that had suffered from some kind of major uh, conflagration. And uh, he says that at the end of the day, there, there, there was a vad, there was a vad that was in charge of, of, uh, of, of giving out the money. And now there was extra money. They, they, they initially made decisions about distributions and had, how the money should be allocated to these various cities and the people who needed in the city, but there was extra money left over. And now the question was, can the Vad decide to use it for Ani Eretz Yisrael, Yushalayim? Can they decide to send some of the money? They, they, they were suffering terribly, Cherpas Rav, and uh, starvation and cholera. That, that, was, uh, that was rampant in, uh, around Yushalayim, he says. And uh, the whole thing was on lockdown. It was... It was in Nitsura, Segura, Masugeras, and Yotzevein Ba. The whole city was locked down because of the, the quarantines and the crisis, and they wanted to send the money. So the question was, can they repurpose the money? So again, the, the, on, on the one hand, the Achiezer says, it looks like this was Aniim Yidum. They were collected for, it wasn't just collected for Aniim. They were earmarked for specific cities and cities who had suffered from the this, from this Shreifa. On the other hand, the, do the Gabarim have the right to Mishana? They feel that they made substantial distributions to these people, and the next one, maybe they feel that now there's a greater need that we want to shift it to. So a large part of his tshuva deals with whether this is really true, that even in the case of a specific Aniyim, whether it's really true that the Parnasim have the right to be uh, Mishana, he goes through a lengthy, intricate discussion of this, and he comes out that according to many Risharim, they do, that even in the case of Aniyim, you do him, even in the case of named specific Aniyim, the, the, the Gabayim still have the right, uh, at least under certain circumstances, to, to uh, that, 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 they, that they still have the right to, to, to Mishana from, they still have the right to Mishana from one, you know, from, 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 from one Ani to another. Then he has a discussion about exactly, he also discusses what's called Ani and Yidum or not, you have to, if you name names, if you just say, if he gets into it, didn't have a chance to go through the Chuva in detail. I'll call upon him, so our discussion tonight was mostly focused on the basic Dean, and before we get into the question of discretion of the Parnasim, the, the basic rules of what do you do with Moser, the basic rule, as we saw, was that if there were Ani and Yidum, if there were named people, they get it, or if, they're not, if, they're, if they can't use it, the Arsham get it, or the... Or if they can't use it because they're dead or shmatted, that we don't want to give it to them, the Arsham get it. However, we have this major machlokus 
that the, everyone agrees that's what happened if the money was used for its purpose and it was left over, but if the, if the person died, if the re- intended recipient died and none of the money was used, that's a major machlokas, and the, the many poskim seems to paskin, that the Iker is, we pass in like the rush, that in the, like Rechaim Cohen said, like that in that case, the, the money reverts to the donors, who either use it for another cause in the same vein, or even take it back if they, if they weren't interested in making a general donation. The, 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 we said the Chasim Sofer, who discusses when it was collected for three aniyim and it was used for some of them, is that called most or not? And then we have this whole other sugya, which um, maybe another time we have this whole other sugya, the question of even cases where a specific ani would be zocha, what are the parameters of this rule that the gizbarim, that the, that the gaboim, the parnasim, have the right to mishana, have the right to override this rule by, uh, by, 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 by allocating the money, by, 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 by reallocating the money for a, to, a, to a different cause.